Right. So welcome to the first episode of the Physique Coaching Podcast. I'm Luke and I'm joined today by Stephen Keane. The, <laughs> the other, well, quarter of the Physique Coaching team. Well, kind of, but you know, there is actually four of us, so kind of quarters, but a little, little short joke in there as well. Four at least, guys. Six, four. <laughs> yeah okay so today we're going to cover something that's quite topical at the moment um obviously the date is 22nd of may i think uh 2020 so we're going through the last kind of couple of weeks um uh, with the coronavirus covid19 uh so everything has been sort of put into lockdown and gyms are closed and we've had to basically change our complete approach to training uh, not just with ourselves but our clients as well so we're going to touch on some topics around sort of training at home and things we need to kind of con consider and what we can do to basically get the most out of training at home um, with like limited resources um, even touching on some things that will help us train better that are sort of very low cost and with home training as well, it's going to be useful, um, with other kind of populations. Um, for example, or, or situations in fact, that we could find ourselves in if we're traveling, if we're someone that's does a lot of traveling for business work, and has to train. I've been thinking the same thing since um, since this whole thing's kind of started. It's almost been like a bit of an opportunity for a lot of people that maybe don't necessarily absolutely love the gym, um, the gym environment. Let's say they they enjoy physique development, they enjoy training, they enjoy yes. everything that goes with it. But you do have a, a certain percentage of people that kind of find the gym environment in general a little bit um, anxiety inducing. And it kind of gives them another lower cost option of physique development other than um, building an entire gym in your garage, which yeah. not everyone has the opportunity to do. So it's been good to, I don't know, I feel like in a way it's probably almost accelerated the whole online kind of training thing by a good few years, hasn't it? Yes, definitely. And I think... Uh, touch on some sort of other populations like we generally work with people that are used to training in the gym um fairly regularly and we look to kind of take it that step further but other populations like um stay-at-home mums if they've got kids to look after and can't get to a gym like these are yeah. things that you can look to implement and utilize for that that style of training um whilst still focusing on physique development and not just doing burpees in your, your front living room that aren't really <laughs> going to have much effect. Oh, I could do burpees. I did too. <laughs> and uh, also, it, it gives you the option, it gives people the option to, let's say if someone was uh, willing and capable of doing sort of like a five-day-a-week training program, but yeah. they were only able to allot the time to get into the gym two or three times a week. It just gives you another outlet where maybe there can be a couple of uh, days where it's a little bit more heavier based with like, I don't know, leg press movement, hack squat movements, whatever it is you necessarily need on those days that the gym might provide. 
And then the other days can almost be like your, they don't necessarily have to be accessories, but they could be like the lighter loaded kind of days where you can pick up some bits and still have that additional kind of training stimulus and volume there without necessarily having to designate all the time. Because obviously getting to the gym, uh, getting back from the gym, like that whole thing, that whole process takes a lot longer than working out in your front room or whatever. Exactly. So I, th- I thought that would be kind of a good place to start is looking at the major kind of differences between training in a gym and training at home um, because there's going to be some kind of specific considerations that we're going to have to take into account. Uh, things, for example, um, looking at kind of motivation, having a set routine, going to the gym, um, being in that environment that is sort of conducive to focus and training and very much around what we're trying to do. One thing I think a lot of people are going to be struggling with at the moment is that motivation side thing in from going from sitting on your sofa watching Netflix to getting up and training uh, in that same environment, in that same place. So I thought we could start off with some more kind of actionable things that we could look to do to make that training better. Obviously for us, we only sit around and read PubMed. So I don't actually know what it's like on Netflix. I'm not even too sure if I've got an account. Um, but, but I think the, the, the biggest thing is like, obviously when, you, when you're going to the gym, even like heading to the gym, so you're in your car, you may have a playlist that you play. You might be slamming a pre-workout. You might yeah. be doing whatever. Um, and then definitely once you enter the gym, you, you've already got like kind of like hormone secretion going on that are going to elevate arousal. You're going to be like kind of pumped for what you're about to do, getting switched on as you go. But like you said, it's very hard to, to replicate that in an environment where you're usually used to chilling out and, and relaxing. So kind of putting yourself back into a zone where you almost feel like you're about to head to the gym, I suppose. Yeah, um, you can leave your house, you can walk around the block if you want, uh, that's fine. But like putting your gym clothes on, putting a gym playlist on, um, sticking Ronnie Coleman on Netflix, you don't even have to turn Netflix off, you can leave it on. You <laughs> all need. Um, not that I know, because obviously I don't have a Netflix oh, yeah, account, yeah. but of course. Um, but <sighs> there needs to be kind of a process and, a, and an order to things where you you have a certain set kind of way of doing something that every single time you start to do it, you get that same kind of response that you're looking for. Yeah. So for example, if you're going to come home and you're planning on training as soon as you come home and you might give yourself a half hour window that you might come in, you might get your gym clothes on, you might start your playlist or whatever it is. You may possibly be having your pre-workout. When I say come home, you'll obviously already be at home, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that whole kind of uh, order of events is really kind of getting you into the position you need to be in to then go and do an effective workout. Yeah, I think finding, making that a routine as well is going to be one of your biggest kind of assets to that. And so we're not training at different times of the day, but specific, picking a specific time that you know is going to work for you. And it might not be, it might be different to, the time that you're used to training because you might have trained before or after work um, or in your lunch break or something like that or in the evening. But 
now you've got a bit more freedom, you've got to pick a time of day that is going to work for you at this current time in, in your current routine. So yeah. for, for me, is, um, I've recently kind of tried to bring my training a bit earlier because I was finding that I was getting like hotter and more sort of tired towards like the middle and end part of the day. Whereas the morning I was kind of fresher and able to have a higher level of motivation to actually train as it got sort of later through the day, I was finding myself being like, I'm just going to, you know, just go stick Netflix on. <laughs> I mean, PubMed, PubMed, um, just like reading PubMed. Yeah. You, you say Pornhub. Different site. Yeah, totally agreement. Um, it is it, definitely going to be a, a massive uh uh, benefit to have a set workout time and I mean this this time can change depending on well depending on the the time of the year it is right now obviously later into the day it's going to get much much hotter yeah um, so maybe you want to train a little bit earlier in the day maybe because you've got the facility or the ability to even train a little bit earlier in the day you might want to capitalize on it and you might want to do so I know for me personally as the day drags on my motivation wanes and I mean I do this for a job and it's even myself, once it gets past about five, I'm like, yeah. do I really want to do another split squat right now? Or do you want to just sit down and chill out and go for a walk or something else? So having that kind of ticked off as you kind of move into the day can be a huge motivation booster. And even the way that can lead on then to other things like better dietary adherence, uh, just a better feeling of kind of like happiness and achievement throughout the day. Um, and, even just getting you out and doing simple things like giving you the ability in the evening, which I found with some of my clients, but giving you the ability in the evening to go out and do your step target if you need to, or do whatever else you need to do. Going on from that with our training, we want to start to nail down what, what our aim is with training. If we're going to transition from, okay, training in a gym to training at home, we want to understand what our main aim is is going to be in this at the moment it's, it's in a phase um in a couple of weeks a couple of months we're going to get get back into a gym so it's a short phase um and i think with a lot of people at this kind of moment in time the big question was are we going to lose a lot of muscle are we going to struggle with this so I want to just touch on some of the kind of underlying factors of why, uh, sorry, what we're trying to achieve while we're training. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> what training at home? Are we talking, I suppose we've got to kind of first off outlay what equipment we're going to have at home. Cause obviously for some people we're going to have, um, kind of a decent I found this with quite a lot of clients they've actually got quite a decent level of equipment at home and they can do a perfectly fine per perfectly progressive kind of structured program yeah. um, anyway and I'm kind of wondering why they were going to the gym in the first place obviously I don't know but, I, but then, I you touched on an important sort of point there as well is that we still want to make training progressive yeah and yeah. that's like one of the underlying factors that we need to be kind of focusing on as well as trying to actually like 
directly stimulate the muscle in the kind of physique development realm because that's yeah. primarily what we deal with if we're looking at like power lift and things like that it's going to be a little bit different um, but through general kind of physique development our kind of main focus is going to be taking specific muscles and trying to stimulate them to elicit growth or at least maintenance yeah and i mean that's why you see a, a lot of these workouts online that are uh, I suppose a little bit more geared towards tax, taxing your CV system than they're going to be taxing uh, the actual like muscle that you're trying to use. Yeah. Which, whether that's going to cause any kind of stimulation for growth or retention is quite unlikely, I suppose. Um, very minimal, if there is any. Yeah, very minimal. I mean, I don't know how much a teddy bear front raise is going to actually cause your delt to grow, but hey, we're the things that happen. <laughs> Uh, um so yeah i suppose obviously first off is everything everything that we we do in the kind of like physique development world for the majority of the time is going to want to be progressive in nature um now to obviously like maintain the muscle mass that we do have we're probably only looking at like we need sort of like one third to like one ninth of the amount of volume or the amount of stimulus that we had in the gym outside of the gym to retain muscle yeah so yeah, it's very, very low. Um, we can maintain on quite a lot. And we could probably go a good two, three weeks without ever seeing any loss anyway. Now, obviously, in this time, body composition might change slightly, but that's going to be more due to just how we're kind of storing food and how we're kind of looking in terms of actually having kind of a pump or, or not. Yeah. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought. Where was I going? <laughs> Where was I going? Um with sort of maintaining muscle mass is going to be sort of our primary focus in comparison yeah. to taxing like CV system with your burpee workouts. Like our, our main focus, like we're saying, is going to be at the moment probably maintaining as much muscle mass as possible. It's unlikely it, it could, like um, in some situations, some populations, depending on how much equipment and things like that could cause some growth but for more advanced people probably not going to really happen um having a major change um of stimulus yeah. i mean, I mean guys gonna, lifting yeah, a lot body weight yeah um, it's gonna it's gonna largely again depend on like, what do you have available to you i mean yes. if you have a, a you know 100 or so kilo weight uh, dumbbells then could you advance at home? Yeah, definitely, very, very likely. Um, if you're going to just be having uh, body weight or banded resistance, could you advance at home? Yeah, it's a little bit less likely, but yes. But you could definitely 100% be looking to maintain everything. Um, if you're looking to do front raises with teddy bears, are you going to maintain at home? Probably not, probably not. So it's going to be largely dependent on like what do you have available to you and what kind of money do you really want to invest into keeping what you've got or advancing what you've got whilst we are in this period? For the majority of people, probably willing to, if, for example, at this point of time, it's we're out of the gym for a good couple of months. A lot of people are 
probably willing to invest a bit of money, but not not a lot. I'm not going to be buying full-on cable machines and decking out with two, three, four hundred kilos worth of dumbbells and barbells. Yeah. So, where'd you store it? I mean, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, and I'm already thinking, where am I going to put the barbell? Yeah. <laughs> See those memes of uh, waking up and straight to the, the bench press? <laughs> Across the bed. If I'm not doing curl as I wake up, I'm failing myself. And all of you. Exactly. And for the majority of us as well, we're going to be going back into a gym. So we're not going to want to spend a lot to you buy stuff that is eventually going to be just sitting around anyway. So again, like before, the, the opposite side of that coin is that once you have this equipment at home, do you possibly have the potential to have a couple of days a week where you can train at home? Yeah. So there is obviously the, the caveat that after all this is done, do you maybe, because I think one thing that this time has really made everyone appreciate is, is time and how much time they can actually have on their hands and what they can do with yeah. that time. So do you potentially look at freeing up maybe two, four hours a week from like travel time, change, sorting your gym stuff out, um, do sessions at home that can still be very progressive and just kind of use that time a little bit more for whatever you want to do? Yeah. It's something I'm considering more as well is maybe instead of going to the gym six days a week, I might go three or four and have two three sessions at home or even potentially yeah. doing some like twice a day training and or splitting the volume up and allowing myself to have a bit more yeah. recovery and a bit more flexibility instead of just being like i've got to go to the gym to do that full workout okay is there potential benefits from splitting that up and doing some at home and well yeah i definitely think with the with the two a day training side of things like obviously uh, it's, it's not a case that you're going to be going like with the two a day training it might be a case that you set yourself in the evenings or in the mornings whenever it is with your home equipment that you might be doing some um bicep tricep forearm calf work whatever it might be the, yeah. the smaller kind of musculature um and saving the big stuff for when you get into the gym and you get into that environment quite possibly definitely and is, is, is it going to be a bit more beneficial for growth probably it's not necessarily that you're going to be doing more um actual overall training volume it's just that your training volume is going to be of a higher quality so with with our home-based training now obviously when we train in the gym we've got lots of equipment and lots of things that have had a lot of time behind them to basically set up movement patterns now I think the biggest mistake that a lot of people will make when they just train or well, transition and having to train at home is they start to neglect that side of things and don't think about replicating movement patterns because they think um, that generally like home training or body weight training is going to be very much well, like body weight training uh, just lunges and burpees and press ups. But how can we now look to take a different focus onto our training from home with very minimal equipment? And what equipment would we 
potentially look to invest that's going to be low cost and allow us to make our home training better? Um, so I suppose with the, with the side of things of like looking at still carrying a movement pattern on uh, very effectively at home and hitting it well and everything like that is kind of, I suppose, first off coming away from the idea that all at-home workouts are like those 1980s or like headband on, leotard on. I, like, I still like, do that now. Actually, me too. Me too. <laughs> I it would be awkward if I said. Um, but if we come away from that kind of concept, like the Mr. Motivator in your front room sort of yeah. like and stuff, we, we go back to uh, replicating things as if we were in a gym environment, as if we did have a hundred people watching us and if we do have a load of weight on our back and we've got to kind of move slowly or more mechanically with it. Um, and then we can look to load these things with, uh, I think my, I think now on reflection of everything, my first initial choice would be to look to acquire something like cheap dumbbells or um, cheap adjustable dumbbells that you can kind of auto auto load yourself like you know there's ones that you yeah kind of put on five on or a two on or whatever and it kind of slips on out um that was a that was a, <laughs> a professional terminology of it yeah um, <laughs> or or it, depending on what your budget goes up to i mean you can buy yourself in a normal climate you could probably buy yourself a barbell and 100 kilos worth of weight for around a couple of hundred or 250 at the moment maybe 300 350 but with that, you could make fantastic progression at home for yeah. a, a great deal of a time. Um, if all else fails and we're looking for a much cheaper kind of variation, we're really going to be looking at kind of body weight for what we can and then for what we can't really load up any heavier with a body weight. I mean, if we do pull-ups, pull-ups are hard no matter what. Um, yeah. They're just... They're like really (laughs) exactly same same i don't know many people that can do above sort of like 15 pull-ups like good with good form still making a connection to muscle like so we've got certain movements that will work very very well with body weight and then we've got other things like a a squat for example or a lunge pattern or something like that that we're probably going to be approaching into doing triple digits before we're really kind of tired yeah so could look to load things like that with like band tension so like the giant elastic bands that you see going around everywhere the resistance bands at the moment um but then we have to make certain considerations for those and we have to realize that obviously anyone that's pulled elastic band you know that obviously it gets heavier as you pull it so the real overloading point of the movement is maybe only a third of the movement whereas with a weight we've got that kind of load pretty much throughout. And obviously there's going to be certain points of the movement that feel heavier or lighter, but we're still loaded throughout the whole range. So given that, is the stimulus going to be a fair bit less from a band? Probably. But is the um, fatigue from that band going to be a fair bit less as well? Probably. So do we need to kind of push up maybe the total amount of workload we're doing if we're using certain things? Quite probably, yeah. I mean, if we've got 60 kilos to play with and we can do sets of lunges, we can pretty much replicate what we're doing in the gym. But if we're just using body weight or resistance bands, maybe we need to up that, tra- uh, 
up that total weekly volume that we're doing to counteract the less stimulus that we're going to get from it. Yeah. I've, my kind of opinion on bands is initially I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing that we can utilize, but as time's gone on, I think it's benefits are going to be quite, quite time restricted, very short. So I think it'd be useful in situations like if you're going traveling or uh, like a long holiday and want to still do something, still stimulate to some degree, yeah, pump on for the pool. Yes. <laughs> pump on for Ibiza. Yes. <laughs> I mean, no, no bad yeah. idea. <laughs> but in those kind of situations, but if we're having a, a longer-term home-based training phase or program, um, then I think you're right. I think investing in at least some weight is going to be a lot more beneficial you can still have bands as additional resistance and yeah. even pairing some weight with bands it has yeah. that potential benefit but just bands is is going to limited isn't it it's, yeah this it's definitely going to be, I would probably say it's definitely going to be enough for uh, maintenance. Yeah, 100%. that's what I can say. Yeah. For maintenance, but probably not to overload to. Like maybe, but the, the amount you'd have to do, like I don't know if your workouts are going to be stretching onto a very long time. And then by that time, we've got psychological fatigue that's going to come into play and yeah. you're just not going to want to do it more than anything. And then... Because I don't know about you, but how long does it take to set up something like a bloody split squat with a band? Or you have to hold it with your hands and then it just pisses you off that your hands hurt. Yeah. yeah. And you're finding all these sort of ways and means around trying to do things when ultimately if you're if you're just training at home, you could easily like say pick up a barbell with 100 150 kilo worth of weight it's going to um, provide a lot of purpose and stimulus for pretty cheap in like a normal climate the, and give you the ability to micro load without having yeah. to like note down where on the floor you was and then move yourself an inch or two further back to try and increase a little bit of load do you know what i mean like little things like that that Removing the risk of bands slipping off and pinging you in the face and things like that as well. It's just and then you've got nothing. Has that band stretched out anymore since last time? So is <laughs> this a different volume or is this band just looser or you're just always kind of second guessing everything, aren't you? Yeah, with bands as well, like the only progressive overload really can do is increase reps, increase sets. Mm. Whereas you can, with weights, you can increase that as well as weight yeah so yeah. you have more capacity to overload and it's just more fun that's that something a lot of people that matters <laughs> it has a big effect and something people forget that you have to enjoy training if it's too mundane if it's too boring if it's too samey then you're gonna kind of hit problems and 
like I say, kind of with, with that um, neurological fatigue, it just, you're not going to want to do it. Because well, that, that, that psychological burden is going yeah. to be big, isn't it? By the end of it, you're going to be, Mm. If your if your outlook is going into a workout thinking oh, I've got to do this, there's going to be a whole different outcome compared to okay, cool, what are we doing today, how are we working, let's see if we can um, increase it. And as well, a lot of it is that like I I myself the biggest sense of enjoyment that I get from the gym is because once you've gone to the gym for a little while you kind of stop overanalyzing your physique too much. You kind of stop looking at all these things too much. You do, you still do. Obviously. Yeah, obviously, obviously you, did. you still will. But a lot of it comes down to now, I love the progression aspect. I love the fact that you can go in and you can look at numbers and then you can progress on those numbers and you, you know that you've done something that's, um, that's worked over time. You know, you know, whatever yeah. you're doing is working and, when you it's, come into it's a more time, tangible reward exactly like it is something there and you're like sweet like that reward pathway driven activity has now become like something ingrained in you that you're like brilliant yeah. um but with a band and stuff like that again it kind of comes into you you're kind of questioning yourself a lot like has this increased have i got closer to the band has the band stretched out more or whatever else and it does leave a little bit of a, a burden on you it does. I said a burden. Like, I'm not talking about working out resistance bands. It's not a burden. It's just that, you know, it leaves a bit of a bad taste in the mouth. Yeah. But we're creatures of habit as well. And we do these things and gyms have come about because that's the enjoyment, like the enjoyable factor of it. If, yeah. if bands were that fun, you would just see lots of bands in gyms all the time and they're yeah. placing weights but you don't get that same that same feel that same feedback definitely and there, there is a little bit of uh joy to be found in that fatigue when you get home you're a little bit tired you know you've done something and you're like yeah. okay you feel a bit spent rather than a little bit of local fatigue to your biceps from a band and then it's pretty fleeting it's kind of gone you know you feel a little bit dons but you, you don't feel the same you don't feel as taxed you feel like a weight's been lifted. See? <laughs> right, I'll see you later anyway. <laughs> right, on that note. Um, let's outline some specific kind of tools for training at home that whether it's with weights or bands that we can potentially implement to make training harder. Um, and uh, well, I think the first one is going to have to be like tempo. Yes. So we can, we can slow things down, obviously. If we slow something down, it's going to get harder. It's going to get more challenging. I kind of see this like a, we could do more reps or we could <laughs> slow them down. Um, whether the end result's going to be crazily different within kind of like a, within a sensible range, as long as you're not just kind of like dropping it on the eccentric um, and absolutely throwing it up on the concentric that you've got no control over either ends and you're losing a lot of velocity. Like, yeah, you're probably not going to see a great deal of difference in terms of um, stimulus maybe, but in terms of uh, doing 
10 to 15 reps instead of 30 reps you might find a little bit more enjoyment in it yeah uh, generally even with trained tempo i think that's a good thing for people to focus on even when they're training in the gym anyway um it's not just solely exclusive to home training but you're definitely right like if you take more focus to that it's going to have more of a internal internal effect that you are focusing on what you're doing as well quite often training i see with some people becomes mindless and things are just being thrown around without any aim or any specific idea of what they're trying to do and focus on what they're trying to do yeah i mean you take a a barbell curl for example and you're curling 20 kilos one week for 10 reps and you get in 20 kilos the next week for 12 reps and you you count that as kind of like progression but then on analysis you have a look at it and you've thrown your hips into it and you're like well did you really get those extra two reps from progression or did you just put another variable in there that's helped um so definitely having a uh, for a beginner to probably some intermediates as well having an allocated tempo can significantly help with that because there ain't much hip swing you can put into something if you've got like yeah. a two metric uh, two second concentric going on it's, it's going to be limited anyway i think that even maybe just think of a a very pertinent point that still with your home training you want to be following a program you want to be- I'm just going to Google what pertinent means. (laughs) (laughs) Important. (laughs) Yeah, so you still want to be following a program. You still want to be progressing on each of these little aspects. We don't want to be just throwing together random workouts, doing odd things just to try and make training hard. We still want to be having that progression week to week and periodizing our training to some degree it's just going to be different to than what we would normally be doing in a gym so we might be focusing on different rep ranges for example different exercises different types of progression depending on equipment and things like that but we still want to be planning our training having yeah. even to the degree of set days for training if we can it's going to help you stick to a routine but having that ability to progress week on week for that even uh progress training cycle to training cycle i mean this is yeah. another one i think this whole thing's probably gone on for a lot longer than well anyone including myself took it seriously for at the start we, oh, we yeah. all, you know, it was a little bit of a jokey thing to begin with and then it turned into something very very serious quickly um and whether there was enough uh, planning structure in place to be thinking past just the training phase that was coming up um, to the training phases that were going to follow it. Yeah. That's a question. Um, Cause obviously we always want whatever we're doing to be uh, to some form progressionary, like training phases will progress into another training phase that makes sense for it to come after. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, so another thing that we can focus on is uh, we can limit down our rest times. Could help. Could help. Um, just increasing like local fatigue in the area, I suppose. Yeah. Making sure that we're, 
yeah. and that's gonna that's gonna be very dependent on what equipment you're using as well though because if you're still working to a fairly similar intensity like for example if you're gonna have pretty much light like light enough weight that to they would normally use for your bicep training so you're probably going to want to keep that rest pretty much the same don't change things just for the point of changing things to make things harder just for the point of making things harder we still want to create as good a stimulus as we can not just trying to train hard for the sake of it well, yeah, I think you mean like things like if your CV system is still taxed and you're trying to go again, your CV system is probably yeah. going to be the factor, not your actual muscle. So you want to kind of keep this keep this in mind. Yeah. Um, that then is very similar to um, changing things like adding in supersets or giant sets or that kind of thing to obviously with supersets you're going to want to train opposing muscle groups um so they're not having effect on each other to a large degree uh, but that's going to be a benefit through time saving as one your workouts are going to be shorter and <laughs> at the moment it's harder to get through workouts because we're training at home. So shorter, more condensed sessions are going to be better, um, but still provide a lot of stimulus. Well, like on that note, the addition of things like rest ball sets yep. might be a good idea. We can like extend the set on slightly and possibly get a little bit more stimulation from it. Right. Yep. It means like you said, we don't have to be sitting there doing five or six sets when we could be doing two or three rest pull sets exactly um as well looking at things like uh, isometric holds um to increase fatigue manual resistance obviously if you've got someone else that you're training with um i think i think i might be the only person on instagram though that absolutely hates isometric holds oh yeah <laughs> Oh, I think I like them on there. <laughs> <laughs> but even not it to... Works. It works, obviously. I know that, but not fun. <laughs> but even with a link with tempo, like your isometric hold doesn't have to be before or after your set. Just extending the peak contraction is going to have that isometric contraction and that isometric hold. So why not emphasize that within your training as yeah, well yeah. opposed to just doing it before or after the set to increase that kind of fatigue yeah yeah there's definitely there's definitely multiple ways you can go about it even like a maybe even like slight things like considerations of where you're going to do an isometric hold i mean if you've got um certain motor units that are going to be active through certain parts of a range of motion. Um, so we're looking to cause as, as much of a challenge throughout the entirety of a range of motion as possible. Yeah. And possible, obviously with things like a band, um, for example, like we are going to be overloaded in one point of the range of motion as that band tension significantly increases. Um, whereas the rest of the range of motion 
might be fairly fresh, might not be too taxed. So possibly looking to put your isometric holds in that part of the range of motion that hasn't been too taxed or isn't going to be too taxed. So as then we can present some sort of bit more even challenge throughout the entirety of the range of motion might be a good idea and a good consideration to make. Definitely. Um, now I want to kind of just finish off with kind of taking it away from solely training um, within more specifically kind of to like the situation that we're in at the moment is some of the other factors that we could potentially look to improve that's going to have a, a very large effect on our health and physique development to a large degree um, than just our training at home. Um, I've got kind of things in my head, but do you want to start off with some? Absolutely no. You threw me under the bus there. You start off. <laughs> like, okay. so, I'm still trying to decipher what the hell that word was you said earlier. <laughs> um, just, so one of the kind of the main aspects that I think is very important at the moment is looking into stress levels and mental health side of things at the moment, mm-hmm. especially with being isolated, having restricted restrictive movement restricted access going out um social life even recently um it's just been changed but only being able to get like an hour of exercise per day outside um i think for a lot of people especially places for example where you're living in a a flat there's not a sort of a garden or outdoor space. I know you've got a balcony, but and has a <laughs> But being able to get outside and reduce stress levels and things like that, I think a lot of people could put a lot of emphasis to um, the mental health side of things, looking at reducing stress levels, uh, mindfulness tasks, journaling, gratitude lists, things like that that are going to help get through this kind of time because we know that stress causes a lot of negative effects on the body um so when we're put into a situation like we are now there is inevitably going to be major kind of stress coming from that like being cooped up with your other half like your family not into sort of <laughs> hope you don't watch this but yeah. <laughs> uh, I totally agree like obviously a big driver of stress is going to be that element of uncertainty it always is um, uncertainty unpredictability is a massive driver of stress and yeah the time we're in like you you don't really have any more of a universally applied uncertainty there's a really good bit of time that does that again i don't think probably in my lifetime anyway um so stress levels can be rising for people without people even kind of really realizing that it's taking place um or definitely without people knowing um and i think this is maybe one of the more beneficial things that people can do at this time as well as obviously like the task you were saying is is working with coping and managing stress levels is actually collecting data and, and collecting information on 
how they're feeling and what certain things are actually helping to reduce stress and what certain things might be actually kind of rising stress up a little bit yeah. because these things are still going to be very useful when normal life resumes i mean a perfect scenario is that like the amount of office workers we end up working with that have very high levels of stress uh, they usually end up lending themselves to kind of overeating on hyperpalatable foods so we're kind of like going on that reward pathway mechanism and a lot of this is related down to the fact that they're they're indoors a lot they they don't get much sunlight exposure yep. they're, they're stuck behind the screen with i mean even though they're in an office there's it's relatively like kind of isolated there's not a lot of interaction going on and there's definitely no. not a lot of stimulation to to match thought processing for for many people obviously that's not applicable to everyone some desk jobs are ridiculously hard um, but just the way it's set up like restricted movement restricted daylight exposure two really big ones straight away that people can kind of play with at the moment and see now that you've got that time on your hand how does it affect you to kind of get up early in the morning get sunlight exposure in the morning time um, how does that have an effect on your sleep levels and how does that then affect things like your hunger and your appetite? Because leptin ghrelin levels are going to be directly affected by things like sleep quality and sleep length. Yep. Um, we've got things like reward pathway driven uh, mechanisms are going to start going off when we are in elevated stressful times. So we're going to kind of start to crave for uh, things that are high fat, high carb, high calorie, basically. Um, and paying attention to these signals can really kind of demonstrate to you what's going on when you're back in your normal life. Because me personally, I work with a lot of people that don't really understand why they're kind of overeating. And a lot of people think they're just hungry. And you're like, well, are you really hungry? Do many people eat Harry Bows when they're hungry? Yeah, probably not. We live in kind of like a Western world where, you know, most of us aren't really ever that hungry. We're yeah, food's omnipresent. You, you can get it wherever you go, just walking yeah. like through town. You could go into four, five, six, seven different shops and pick up food. Yeah. It's not it's not hard to get hold of. It's cheap, it's available. So yeah. And kind of collecting that information and, and analyzing yourself and going, what affects me? How does it affect me? Yeah. Can be so, so useful for the future. Cause maybe now isn't necessarily a time where you want to be dieting. I mean, stress is going to be high. Uh, you might not be in the best place to be kind of going for a successful diet. You might also be there for a large section of people. Stress might be ridiculously low at the moment because it's all going to be based upon how have you been living your life before this? If you've been living in a ridiculously high workload, uh, like working all the hours God sends, then get into the gym, then, you know, uh, sacrificing sleep because you're pounding a pre-workout before you go to the gym, which is at eight o'clock and you can't sleep because the caffeine. Possibly right now, you're feeling the best you felt in years. You're furloughed, 8% of uh, your pay is done, and I've got to work. Like, <laughs> some yeah, people, it's probably a good position, but... You're going through the gulag. I'm not actually too sure what that is, but I've seen memes. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're having a great time. Um, but then for other people, it can be the opposite. And yes. again, the, the piece of information can help both parties. Like you can still figure things out from this. As humans, I think we have this general kind of medium, like homeostasis position where we want to be 
healthy, we want to be good. Either way, whether we high stress or like whatever happens, it's the same basic principles to bring us back to that medium and yeah. why we are functioning well, happy, healthy. I think psychological, psychological and physiological like kind of have a they both have profound impacts on us, don't they? Yeah. And I think a very good point is making a note of these things. Not not just in your mind, like as you're going through, being, oh yeah, I'm gonna try and do this, try and do that, but actually noting down and being able to look back at data and being able to pull information from that and see trends and see what's happening and trying to understand why these things are happening. Um, it's, it's very hard. Like I think a lot of times people expect to be able to sort through these things just in their head, just internally. Yeah. And you'll just end up going around on a Ferris wheel. You'll kind of follow a train of thought. It will go so far. You'll kind of forget what you're thinking about. You'll see a rabbit. You'll be like, oh, there's a rabbit. And then before you know it, you're back to the same train of thought and the same position back at the start. And you're just going around in this big circle, whereas sticking this information down somewhere allows you to actually create a pathway of what's going on. You could analyze it, take it a little bit further, analyze it a little bit more. And you can do this over the space of days or weeks. So it doesn't have to be like a eureka moment on Thursday. But yeah, this greatly helps. Yeah, I think being very brutally honest with yourself as well about kind of the situations that you're in and things you're feeling and noticing. Um, I think a lot of us are very quick to push things aside and try and cover things up and not acknowledge these things. Whereas often we need to be brutally honest and be like, okay, yeah, like I am feeling a bit run down. I'm feeling a bit tired. Like I'm not feeling so good. Why? Are these things there sometimes, sometimes it is a weakness though don't they like yeah. you you see these with people they'll, they'll sometimes see kind of um maybe having that sense of tiredness or fatigue or whatever it is is a bit of a weakness um so people will never want to kind of pay attention to it but i i kind of think sometimes and this is again doesn't apply to everyone some people absolutely thrive off of stress uh, to a degree everyone eventually ends up breaking down from it but some people have a higher capacity for it but would you necessarily be getting less done if you were doing it in less time um and the answer is probably no because you might just be more productive with the time that you are doing things so it's a good time to really kind of start assessing like how are you spending your time and if you're spending yeah. it wise productively. Looking into your time management and seeing where you're wasting time, things that you are doing out of habit that you, that aren't bringing any benefit to you, um, trying to even implement new habits. It's a good time to provide more focus to some of these other areas that aren't necessary training or things around the gym but there are no other areas apart from training <laughs> luke i'm sorry you are wrong this was a terrible <laughs> i should never have physique coaching damn but <laughs> even take take nutrition for example like you could spend some of this time learning like 
better ways of cooking, learning to make food be more appealing to you that you, you think is going to be bland, boring food, but learning and developing your skills in the kitchen, learning what components are within typical kind of foods you might get out or developing these these skills that could help you going forwards not just now but in the coming weeks months years that can have a, a profound effect on your physique development that isn't within the gym don't you think even um a couple of weeks back when there was like the whole kind of toilet situation going on where fortresses were apparently being developed with durex durex no that's a comment <laughs> Not your ex. Straight back to the porn up there, didn't it? Um, I'm kidding. No one used your ex in porn up. Um, but when you couldn't get into a shop like that, it kind of started to make you, well, for me personally, for, for some people I know, it started to make you really appreciate like not having a lot um, and, and kind of making do with what you have and still being able to kind of tick off boxes and hit goals and, and do whatever you need to. But with with limited um, food, really. I mean, I, I don't like saying limited food because we wasn't exactly limited on food, but greatly reduced to what you're normally used to. Yeah, um, or making making different choices, or and or going back to a bit more kind of basic foods, not like pre-packaged ready meals and things like that. Just being able to get kind of basic staples of foods yeah. and making things yourself more. Yeah, well, I, I, I skills to learn. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chloe um, always forces me to have ice cream every night, and I'm like, no. And she's like, have an ice cream. I'm like, okay, then I'll have an ice cream. And you know, sometimes I do. Um, like simple things like like that was hard to get hold of because obviously all the shelves were empty and everything was gone, yeah. and you almost just stop having it for a little while, and you realise that actually that was a habit that I was doing for quite a while. Um, and it, it kind of rewrote, it rewrites, rewrites a lot of wrongs. That's the saying, isn't it? I think. That's yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Yeah, it rewrites some some stuff that's kind of come a little bit off the rails, and you yeah. haven't even noticed. I'm saying off the rails again, like having a couple of ice creams a night is terrible. <laughs> it's a lot of calories. It, a it puts of calories. a lot of things into perspective. Hey? It puts a lot of things into perspective. Definitely, definitely, massively. Okay then, so hopefully that has been useful. Um, some actual kind of points about home training and going forwards, potentially whether you're traveling, whether you're having to implement home training, but even right now, some different aspects you can look at to improve your current kind of training, nutrition and sort of lifestyle. I'm done rambling now. Um. <laughs> well, I think, all right, so look, you, you, you go, do you want to end it? Just say like, this is kind of how we want to, well, hopefully you found this interesting and this is kind of how we want to go about things. We want to kind of just have a, a little bit more of a sit down chat kind of style about some of our musings and how we find things and what we do with clients and that kind of thing. Just make it a bit more personal. Yeah. So like, this is, this is us because it'd be quite nice if our style could just come across as like two people chatting. Yeah. That's what I kind of think is going to be better. And going on to YouTube it's as well. Bad. Obviously like, there's always going to be some sort of like, you know, at the start, but it's only going to get better. Yeah. So just kind of 
edit, finish it off like that, and then it leaves a nice, a nice cleansing taste on the palate. I'm gonna leave that bit in. <laughs> That's gonna be the introduction. <laughs> Go back with the Durex thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna like Photoshop in something up here. Just so. <laughs> it's the Pornhub banner. Oh uh, yeah. So hopefully that's been informative and useful. Uh, we want to keep these podcasts, um, obviously they'll be on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those things. We want to keep them very conversational and just talking over things that we come across, uh, things that will help us all our clients, different topics, but we don't want to be sort of lecturing you on each different kind of element of the body how it works or things like that we just want to provide some kind of entertainment as well as kind of some education useful elements that you can take into your training into your lifestyle into your physique development and move forwards with it yeah we just want to kind of keep it a little bit more conversational style a little bit more light-hearted have a chat about it yeah um Hopefully, we'll see you next week. We'll do one of these a week, just covering slightly different topics and musings. And whatever the big word Luke said earlier was. I can't remember now. Pertinent. Pertinent, yeah. Pertinent aspects. <laughs> <laughs> All right.